welcome back to Beyond the Benefits with Savoy. On today's episode, we have Savoy's Keith Zuckerman, Director of Practice Leader. With over 25 years of experience in employee benefits, Keith will discuss how to use ACA and ERISA compliance to grow your business. Take it away, Keith. We get asked all the time by brokers, what do I need to be doing to help me grow my benefits business? What are the hot buttons that trigger interested responses by new prospects and how do I fight off my competitors trying to poach my business and become more of a trusted advisor to my existing clients? I tell brokers all the time that the Affordable Care Act is the most intrusive piece of legislation into private entities that we have seen in the past 50 years. It provides many different access points into a company than ever before and that the ACA has changed the industry forever. Many brokers were able to carve out a business by being transactional and showing up at renewal and showing rates and spreadsheets and typically pointing clients to the lowest cost plan. Then you run open enrollment and the broker may fade off into the sunset until a few months before the next renewal period. Once the ACA kicked in, it changed our business from a transactional business to a true consulting business, 365 days a year. ACA provides the broker the opportunity to be a trusted advisor and to continually remind the client why they do business with this producer or just the opposite and make the client wonder why they are using this producer and cause them to search elsewhere for guidance. Clients want to know what they need to do to be compliant with the laws in general and also what potential pitfalls they may run into when it comes to their particular circumstances. Brokers need to know the specifics of the ACA but also have the ability to break the law down by client and what their potential red flags may be. Based on my experiences, I have found many of my top brokers solidify their standing with clients by ensuring full compliance with both ACA and ERISA compliance and use this approach very successfully to grow their books of business significantly. ERISA benefits compliance is a bit of a challenge to understand compared to 401k ERISA compliance. 401k compliance is very black and white and clear as to what needs to be done to secure compliance. Benefits compliance is gray and murky at best and requires many steps for a client to be fully compliant with all the intricate complexities of being ERISA compliant. To take a step back, many people ask what exactly is ERISA? ERISA is the Employee Retirement Security Act of 1974. It is a federal law which deals with employee benefit plans, both qualified retirement plans, pension and profit sharing, and employee benefit plans. The goals of ERISA are to provide uniformity and protections to employees. ERISA imposes reporting requirements to the DOL and certain disclosures to plan participants on the employer. Once an employer offers coverages to their employees, with that comes rights that the employees have to be informed of on their policies, the regulations, disclosures, and benefit limitations, and overall coverage to name a few of the requirements. ERISA compliance is enforced by the Department of Labor, and employee benefit plans can also be regulated by the IRS and a local state's Department of Insurance. Failure to comply with ERISA can result in enforcement actions, penalties, and or employee lawsuits, and the penalties for noncompliance can be massive. So as you can imagine, this is a very scary issue for employers who don't have the time to study the complexities of the Affordable Care Act and know the ins and outs of full ERISA compliance. This is why, to me, this is the best door opener a broker can use as a way to securing new employee appointments with employers. When I talk to brokers about going on a new appointment, Many will say, should I tell them we have a lot of pull with the carriers and we have the best service around and we get the best rates too? Many are still using that line and it's exactly that, a line. In today's world, that is not a differentiator and the client expects you to have good relationships and to provide top line service to their employees. 
My recommendation is to tell a new prospect that you are committed to ensuring their full compliance with all the complexities of today's benefit world. The first thing that you do is run a compliance audit and check to make sure the employer is compliant with all the requirements of the ACA and ERISA compliance. So that all sounds good, but where do we start the line of questioning when we meet a new prospect? After giving a history of the ACA and ERISA regulations, I start asking the client questions in regard to compliance and I begin with an important date, and that is October 1st, 2013. That was the date employers needed to produce the notice of model exchange to all of their existing employees full-time, part-time, seasonal, interns, union, non-union, anyone. This document informs employees of the availability of the exchanges that have been created either at a federal or state level under the Affordable Care Act. So all existing employees needed to be notified by October 1st, 2013. But moving forward, all new employees, regardless of full-time status, needed to receive this document within 14 days of their hire date. We found that many employers never complied with this originally, and even those who did have not continued to comply with this provision of the ACA moving forward for new hires. Then I show the employer the document and hire two key areas of this document, which are quite alarming to an employer. First, on the first page under the section, how do I get more information? It clearly states that you can ask the employer contact who produces the document for more information or to check your summary plan description, or SPD as they're referred to. And in many cases, the prospect does not have an SPD, or even if they do, it has not been updated to reflect carrier changes, or it has not been distributed in a DOL acceptable manner. That is our first opening. An SPD is a summary plan description, also sometimes called a RAC document. Many employers and brokers think the carrier produces the SPD, but they don't. The carrier produces certificate of coverage, also called COCs, which are the contracts and certificates, which clearly list the details of the plan being offered and list limitations and exclusions under the plan. The plan document, RAP or SPD, describes the plan terms and conditions related to the operation and administration of the plan. It is required for each plan an employer maintains that is subject to ERISA, and it must be in writing and distributed in a DOL compliant manner, which we will dive into later. The RAP document must be updated if renewal dates change or carriers change, and then if benefits or carriers change, the COCs must be updated and distributed to plan participants as well, again in a DOL compliant manner. In our experience, we've found employers under 500 lives do not produce an SPD, and if they do, they do not update it each year as it needs to be. Then on the bottom of the second page is the next key item. It asks you to check off if the coverage you offer meets minimum value, and the cost of the coverage to you is intended to be affordable based on employee wages. So we look at this two ways. If we're dealing with an applicable large employer, an ALE, then as a trusted advisor, whenever possible, our number one priority is to take the ACA penalty out of play for the employer. What does that entail? That entails finding out exactly what plans they offer, what do they charge their employees for coverage. Under the ACA, we test for affordability off the lowest credible plan that the employer offers. That is a key point because if there are affordability issues for the group based on wages and plan being offered, we may look to offer a lower cost plan to satisfy affordability issues. There are three affordability testing safe harbors for employers, and we look at all three to determine which one makes the, the most sense for the employer. The three ways an employer can pass affordability are as follows the Form W-2 Box 1 Wages Safe Harbor. 
For 2019, this is now 9.86%, meaning that the employee cannot pay more than 9.86% of their W-2 box one income towards the low plan single rate. Second is the rate of pay safe harbor, and third is affordability under the federal poverty line safe harbor. We analyze each employer's situation to determine which safe harbor would make the most sense for them to take penalty out of play. By understanding your client's particular needs, it helps you do the best job for them. We feel this is where your expertise comes into play and where knowing the group is so vital to doing the right job. Many attorneys and healthcare experts can discuss ACA in a vacuum. The real advantage is to not only be able to discuss ACA generically, but then have the ability to tailor it to your audience so you can counsel your clients appropriately in identifying and removing risk from their company. Here at Savoy, we have created affordability calculators and presentations for clients to help our brokers advise their clients. This calculator shows the employer the minimum earnings to pass affordability based on their low plan single rate and their employer contribution. It is a very helpful tool for employers, not only at open enrollment, as we use this before finalizing plan design and payroll contributions, but also during the year, because if the employer is going to hire a new employee, they know the minimum salary requirements to pass affordability. We test for affordability even in a small group. I many times will ask a broker or employer in a small group if they test for affordability purposes. And before I can finish my question, they usually come back with, well, there is no penalty, so why should we care? I tell them the reason they should care in a small group is that subsidy eligibility for working people who have access to employer-sponsored health insurance is still based on the affordability safe harbors in the ACA. So in a small group, even though the employer has no penalty in play for them, if their coverage is affordable, employees cannot go to the exchange and get subsidy. If an employee goes to the exchange and claims coverage is not affordable, they then can receive government subsidy. In these instances, the state or federal exchange is supposed to verify affordability through the employer, and unfortunately this has not been happening consistently yet, but eventually they will. And if that employee receives subsidy unwarranted, they can get that subsidy clawed back. So whether in a large group or small group, we will test for affordability, and then make sure we tell employees in open enrollment meetings if their coverage is affordable, they cannot go to the exchange and receive subsidy. And if they do, they will most likely get that subsidy money clawed back. I have seen employees in many groups, even large groups, who get free coverage from their employer and they waive it and go to the exchange and get subsidy without proper verification by the state. They get the subsidy and then the large employer receives an IRS letter 226J, which is a letter sent by the IRS assessing penalties and fines under the ACA, which by the way, are not tax deductible to the business. We explain to the employer that if we can keep one of your employees from going to the exchange unnecessarily, well then we have saved you a potential headache and inquiry. In large group, many states are giving out subsidy without verifying eligibility, and the employer is not aware of this until they receive an IRS penalty assessment letter. So far, penalty letters have gone out for calendar years 2015 and 2016, and 2017 penalty letters will be going out soon. The other side of the coin is that if you have an employee clawed back, you can have an employee situation and the employee could react negatively to the employer. This ties back into being ERISA compliant in case an employee files a complaint with the DOL against the employer because they're getting clawed back, or if you get a penalty letter from the IRS. 
That is the IRS's entree into the client's business. Once inside an organization in an investigation, this is where they ask for all the ERISA required material. We tell employers all it takes is one disgruntled employee or an ex-employee to file a complaint and the DOL is in there auditing ERISA policies. The DOL is enforcing the provisions of ERISA like never before. They are fining employers, indicting employers, and have raised billions of dollars in penalties over the past few years. The penalties are massive for non-compliance. Many penalties are $110 per employee per day that an employer is in violation. So that can add up to a large number very quickly. So to be compliant, the employer must distribute the required notice of model exchange. They must distribute SBCs, chipper notifications, Medicare Part D notices, initial COBRA notices, women's rights, and HIPAA notices. Additionally, as we mentioned, the wrap document or SPD and the certificates of coverage must be distributed as well in a DOL acceptable manner. In the past five years, I have seen more DOL investigations than I've seen in the previous 20 plus years in the business. When explaining this to employers, I use an analogy to help them understand this. And that is that it has always been the law. They are just enforcing it now. I say it's like jaywalking. It has always been against the law, but now they are enforcing it and writing tickets for it. And it can all be started by somebody filing a complaint or going to the exchange. Now, all this may sound like a lot of work, and it is. But the good news for our brokers is that at Savoy, we do all the heavy lifting. When brokers ask me, what is the Savoy difference? I always point first to the employer services team at Savoy. We do the ERISA compliance, create the SPDs, annual notices, and even do the 5500 file. We have ERISA experts in-house, as well as an ERISA attorney on staff. And again, to me, that is the Savoy difference. Our employer service teams conduct monthly compliance webinars, not only for our brokers, but for your clients as well to help them understand these confusing topics. The feedback on these webinars has been fantastic from both employers and brokers, and it's just another way we can help you not only protect your business, but help you grow your client base. This is exactly the type of service that can help you raise your prospect case size and certainly help you cross over from vendor to trusted advisor, which is what we all strive to be for our clients. Even though everyone needs to do this, most companies do not have these policies and procedures in place, and what better way to entice a client than to point out potentially devastating actions to a business and then have the solutions to make this pain point go away. At Savoy, we are committed to ensuring your client's compliance, and we are doing things that not many others are doing with a passion to protect your business and your client's business like no other. Feel free to contact me or your Savoy account manager for more information on our compliance services. We promise you it'll be worth the time, and that is beyond the benefits.